This is episode number 107 with Ryan Blair. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. up everyone thank you so much for joining me today on the school of greatness podcast very excited about our guest today his name is mr ryan blair we just had an awesome time uh going for a little hike here in the hollywood hills on runyon canyon and had a great time to be able to connect with ryan and kind of tap into his brain about how he's built such a massive company in a short amount of time now for those that don't know who ryan is he is the ceo of visalis a number one new york times best-selling author and serial entrepreneur who came from nothing to lose and had everything to gain. And when he was 21 years old, Blair had already founded his first business, 24-7 Tech, and has since created and sold numerous other companies for hundreds of millions of dollars over the course of his career. And he was named 2012 Entrepreneur of the Year by Ernst & Young. Now, Ryan is an awesome guy. We had a great time today uh, going over this interview. We really dive into about how he got to where he is, the importance of mentors, how to scale a business. Once you start making so much money, you know, you go from the million to $10 million range, then you go up to a hundred million. How do you scale a business that big? And how do you think big enough so that you can uh, not get overwhelmed and all the other obstacles along the way? So I, I think you guys are really going to love this episode. So make sure to stick around and listen to the entire thing. Now, without further ado, guys, let's go ahead and dive in. Make sure to circle back, go to the show notes at the very end of this episode, check out all the links about Ryan at the end. There's going to be some great content all the way to the very end. So stick around to the end, share it with your friends, and let's go ahead and dive into this week's lesson with the one and only Ryan Blair. Rack your look for spring at Nordstrom Rack. And save up to 60% on brands you love. Rag & Bone, Vince, Marc Jacobs, Adidas, Joes, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. Score new dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and sunglasses. Plus, updates for the family and home. Get your spring on for less, up to 60% less, today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? So many of us love coffee, like the living for it type of love. Some like it hot, some like it iced with a splash of creamer, and some like it with a cold foam topping. Many of us stop into coffee shops on our way to work more often than we'd like to admit. But now, thanks to International Delight Cold Foam Creamer, you can make cold foam coffee at home, or in my team's case, in the office, and it's a game changer. I was just chatting with a teammate of mine about our love for the occasional sweet treat coffee. Sometimes, it's just the thing you need as a pick-me-up on a busy day and we just stocked our office fridge with international delight cold foam creamer and it never misses the team's favorite flavor so far is the caramel macchiato you just shake the canister and spray it into your coffee and voila you've got an incredible cold foam coffee no frothing fancy machines or mess required international delight cold foam creamer foams and creams your coffee from top to bottom the best part it works on both hot and iced coffee it comes in three foaming delicious 
flavors, French vanilla, sweet and creamy, and caramel macchiato. So you can switch things up depending on your mood. Look for your favorite flavor next time you're at your grocery store and be prepared to say goodbye to your barista. International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. It's foaming delicious. Welcome back everyone to the School of Greatness podcast. I'm here with Ryan Blair. What's up, my man? <laughs> Good to see you. <laughs> I'm still like sniffling and like trying to catch my breath because we are at the top of Runyon Canyon, yeah. where you live up in the Hollywood Hills. We're looking out at one of the most beautiful views in the country, probably, uh, over all of LA in the hills. And Ryan just took me on this uh, crazy trek straight down and then straight back up Runyon Canyon on, on a path that I've never been on. So Catching my breath, very excited to connect, and thanks for sharing stories so far with me. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It's, it's good to get to know you. I'm a, a big fan of the podcast, and I appreciate all your listeners. Yeah, I appreciate it. So, uh, you know, I found out about you a few years ago, because every time I would go on a plane, I'd see your book. Yeah. Bright orange yeah. in the front of every uh, bookstore in airports. Yeah, the book's called Nothing to Lose, Everything to Gain. Yes. <laughs> you can buy it at uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. <laughs> but it's everywhere you go at every, every bookstore yeah. in airports, and... Uh, I remember seeing Don Yeager, uh, who helped you writing it as yeah. well, or, or wrote yeah. it with you, and I was like, man, this guy must be awesome, because yeah. Don Yeager was a friend of mine, and I was like... Yeah, he's, he's an eight times, seven times, I was his number eight New York Times bestselling book. He's written mostly books for professional athletes, and I yeah. met him through uh, Coach John Wooden. So, you know, I, I believe everything happens for a reason, meeting you, meeting Don, being on this podcast, yeah. you know, it was all, all connected. Yeah, he was on the, the podcast about a year ago as well, and we had a great conversation. Yeah. So Don's awesome, good friend. Very cool. Well, I'm excited, and uh, I'm I'm even more excited. I want to talk about your book, but I want to talk about you. I'm a little worried though because you asked me earlier before the interview if anything was off limits. So I'm very I'm curious <laughs> got about few, what, yeah. got a few questions on my sleeve. Uh, yeah, uh, where's my publicity people? Go <laughs> ahead, Yeah, I mean, uh, you have a fascinating book. It's a great read. I actually told you before that I don't read much, and yeah. I, I skimmed it and read some chapters. My assistant, Sarah, actually reads them all. She was yeah. like, this is a great read. Yeah, I, I rewrote the book. So Don taught me about the structure of writing a book. He taught me about how to, you know, how many words per chapter. But a lot of the art of the actual writing process was done by myself, and it was because I lost my stepdad, who was my original mentor, and my mother all about the same time. And so I was going through a bit of an emotional uh, period of time as my company was growing. And I decided I'd write it, you know, from a very, you know, uh, uh, you know, heart on my sleeve kind of approach. So that's what you got there. Yeah, it's really cool, really inspiring. My assistant Sarah actually said that she cried. Yeah, a couple of times, yeah. and she yeah. really was really emotional for. Her. Yeah, well, you know, when as as an artist, and you know, I've I've Don taught me how to be a writer, and I'm working on my next book right now, and writing is one of my you know passions. It always has been. The best you can ever hope is to invoke emotion in people, anger, hatred, uh, you know, uh, ambition, rage, whatever it is. So if you can do that through written form, it's the hardest. So you know, it's because, something I've learned. Because people may not remember the specific things you say, but they remember the feelings that yeah. you created for yeah. them, right? Yeah, you know, there's been a lot of studies on, in fact, one of which is you'll, you know, you can be listening to a great piece of music, but if it ends abruptly, you'll hate the music. Even though the music that you're listening to is wonderful, the ending is what you hated. You only remember the uh, your final experience with it. The last chapter of the book, of the epilogue, is a lot about my mother and my relationship with my father, who, you know, who disappeared when I was 13. And so it was a bit of a, you know, an emotional leave off, I guess I would say. Yeah, I've yeah. got a lot of great feedback from it. It's been published, uh, I think we're on 12 different countries, launches in a new country every every month, Bulgaria, Turkey, China, Russia, 
Germany. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's uh it's an awesome book. So I definitely recommend checking it out. And it talks about uh how you went from prison gang member to multi. I, I was in prison, I was in juvenile hall. But I, I juvenile was, hall. Yeah, I was a gang member. That's, That's what that, I, yeah. I for some reason I thought prison, but yeah. uh, you know that the translation in Korea it says what I learned in prison. And, wow. And a couple of times when I went there, people looked at me very odd. And you know, because you know, uh, prison is taboo there. Where yeah, in yeah. the States you know, a lot of our population is actually in prison right now, yeah. so it's not as taboo. My brother actually went to prison for four and a half years yeah. uh, when he was 19, selling drugs to an undercover cop. Yeah, that's and, right. uh, yeah my brother went, my brother did eight, my sister did six, my other brother did about wow. five. Really? Yeah. yeah. So I, the only one that actually didn't go to prison. I didn't go to prison. I went to juvenile hall and I was facing prison. Uh, and that's when I learned I'd be a writer. I wrote a letter to the judge, which I actually published a copy of it in my book, um, uh, begging for leniency. And the judge said that I should be writing in college, not in prison. Uh, I was facing four years for two uh, eleven, which is strong armed robbery. At least that's what I was getting. Um, which you know, I, I used to steal a lot of stuff and get in fights and get in trouble, and you know, that was it. And that's when I uh, the first male that ever believed in me um, that wasn't you know one of the, our fellow gang members or an OG or one of these guys that you know takes young people under their wing and has them do their dirt, so to speak. So right. that was the first time I ever had you know an authority figure who was respected publicly, a judge, uh, believe in me. And wow. that's what start kind of started the process of me believing in myself. And how old were you then? Uh, I was 14. Uh, no, I was 16. 16. Um, wow. Yeah, I was 16 years old. It was actually, it's amazing a lot can happen in, you know, in a short period of time. When I was 16 years old, I was facing four years in prison. By the time I was 19 years old, I was starting my first company. So just three years later, three so years later. So much shifted. Yeah, you know, um, I, I learned entrepreneurship on the streets. Um, in fact, I wrote an article for the Financial Times of London, and I talked about you know gangs and gang culture, and gang culture is permeated even into the suburbs. Which you know I, I wasn't from Compton, I wasn't from you know I, I wasn't in a uh, uh, you know a Compton gang or one of these gangs, but I was in a gang that was involved in murder, robbery, you know all kinds of stuff, drug right. dealing, uh, and it's in culture. The gang culture is permeated through suburbia, and so as a result of that, I got trapped up in it, and um, and you know, and and when you don't have male role models in your life, you find them. Yeah. Unfortunately, the ones that you find aren't going to be good ones. And the people that give you attention or they give you uh, some education yeah. or training yeah. or just, inspiration, just belonging. Yeah. belonging, community, yeah. right? Yeah. And generally, what you know, uh, our academic society is largely for people that are athletes like yourself yeah. or academics. And if you're in between there, you're screwed. You know, and you, you're <laughs> ambitious or you know, you're, you're not going to score A's in tests and you're not going to you know, run a 4 4 40. So where do you fall in, in the mix of there? How do you find yourself as a man and that, you know, as a, as a young man anyways? And that was, you know, that was my struggle early on. I did a lot of things uh, seeking attention or seeking to belong. Um, and, you know, and, but I look at it, it's funny. Some, you know, people hear that I lost my father when I was 13. He just upped and disappeared. He's still alive. Uh, he's written in recently. And people say, oh, that's, that's a tragedy. And I go, no, it's actually great. Because if that man had stuck around in my life, I probably wouldn't be the man I am today. Right. I'm actually fortunate he disappeared at 13. I found my way by the time I was 19. If he'd have stuck with me, I might be, you know, in prison or a terrible person or a terrible father. I have a, I have a son uh, that I'm, you know, very passionate about being a great father to him, unlike the one that I had. So I look at everything as a blessing, not as a, yeah. as a curse. Interesting. So yeah. have you spoken with your father or seen him? I or? haven't. Um, you know, it's an interesting question. I've forgiven him. I get a lot of people asking me, you know, uh, what I want in a relationship with him. And my answer is pretty simple. I don't want a relationship with anybody that I deem to be unintelligent. And the decisions that he made were not intelligent, uh, emotionally and intellectually. And so why would I want to spend time with person, family or not? Or, you know, or, you know, it's like, I don't suffer fools lightly. So if this person's a fool to me now, if he had come to me and said, look, what I did was incorrect. What I did was unintelligent. I've since learned, you know, I have a perspective. I'd like to talk to you about it. I'd be all open to it. 
But he um, hasn't done that. Uh, no, he wrote in and said he did all. He, he abandoned my family so that I could be the man that I am today. Is basically he took credit for it, and you know it's a lot of people take credit for your success when you're <laughs> successful. That's fine. I let him have it. I said, you know what? There are some traits that you gave me. And, you know, but I, I'm sure this wasn't by your design here. You know, I, no, I came here. Right. You were I, like, I'm going to abandon him yeah. and be an asshole <laughs> yeah. so that my son yeah. can grow up and be, yeah. a, you know. be a, you know, a, be a success. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's not the best approach. <laughs> and, you know, but, but he, it, he should like send you off to like boarding school yeah, or something, exactly. right? Like, or, you know, or whatever. Yeah. He, he, he took credit for it. In fact, the email said, I told you so. No he said, way. I told you you'd be a success. And he did. And I said, you know what? If you die tomorrow, I want you taking credit for this. I'd rather have him die knowing that he has a successful son and give him that rather than me trying to take that away from him. Right. You know, like, what? So he did give me some. I mean, he laid a foundation in some way. In some way. For you to be driven. Genetically and and otherwise. Yeah. yeah, You know what he did is he taught me what not to do. And as an entrepreneur, I know this audience, a lot of entrepreneurs, it is more important for you to learn what not to do than what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody knows what to do. It's what not to do they don't know. So if you really focus on that as an entrepreneur, you'll be a lot more successful. And he taught me what not to do as a father as a man as a you know as through a, osmosis yeah. by being around it right yeah well you know he was he was uh, violently abusive he was um terrible man to my mom he was uh he, but he was a brilliant engineer so i picked up a lot of that a lot of my um, analytical ability and uh some of the engineering things that i've done and projects i've done i've got five patents on various software that i've that i've written and a number of different things that i've created both uh in Visalis, the company i own and some of my other uh, venture investments i've done so that said, you know, some things he gave me that, that are good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and hopefully I pass down the positive traits of my son and he adopts none of my negative ones. Yeah, yeah. That's you know? great. Now, what had happened is your dad left you and your mom, right? And your, your family. And then, yep. and then your mom got in a new relationship who became a mentor to you in, yeah. real, in real estate, right? Yeah. So my mother start, worked at a deli and she started dating a rich man. And a lot of times I'll tell people, I did get uh, blessed. You know, I, I basically had an opportunity. Uh, present itself to me. And I would argue most Americans every day have an opportunity to present themselves. They just don't, don't see take it. action, right? Yeah, they just don't see it. It's the acres of diamonds analogy, you know, where they'll, they'll parable where the farmer, you know, uh, sold his farm to go uh, pursue acres of diamonds or pursue diamonds. And the farm he sold had acres of diamonds in his own backyard. He just didn't have the ability to spot diamonds in the rough. Hmm. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I look around me every day and I see opportunity and I'm in real estate now. In fact, the view that you're looking at, you can see one of my houses directly across the mountaintop there. Wow. You know, I own a number of homes up in these hills. So you can uh, see what's available. You yeah. can be like, oh, that's available. I can buy that. I'd I can read, renovate it. I can. Yeah. I'd rather look at my money on, you know, in, in the form of real estate than, than in the bank. Yeah. Uh, money is not pretty in a bank account. It's, it's pretty in real estate. Right. So, or <laughs> art. I have a lot of art, a lot of different toys. It's very nice art here. Yeah. Thank I, you. I really like this place. Yeah. Um, so. So she started dating. Yeah. So she started dating. Uh, his name is Robert Hunt. He was a, a, a notch above slumlord. So he had about a hundred homes. Uh, he would buy them, leverage them. He was a self-made real estate guy. I watched the guy hustle uh, to make his money, and and as a result of that, I saw that he applied the exact same things that we did in the streets, except for he didn't have to worry about getting shot, getting arrested. Mm-hmm. He did it he legally. Did it legally. And, ethically, and he made, morally, uh, yeah. you know, ethically and morally is interesting because. I used to have to evict people. And according to the law, you know, you're supposed to wait 90 days. And he would say, Ryan, go get those people out. And I didn't know any better. So I would get them out, you know, within a week. All right. And the way I would do that yeah. is I'd tell them, if you don't get the hell out of here, I'm moving in with you and you don't want me living here. Right. And, wow. and, you know, and so, uh, but you know, I, I guess I don't have, I didn't have an issue with it at the time. 
And how old 18. were you when you were doing yeah. that? But yeah, but I was, you know, you know, I've got, uh, I broke my hand five times. I was a fighter. Oh, I was wow. an enforcer. I, you know, I, I still fight. I do Muay Thai. So you had this, you had this ego, like yeah, this you know, you're, you're stealing male, from my family. You're stealing from my mentor. Right. You're intimidating. Yeah, I want you yeah, out. Yeah. I'm not going to let you, you know, run the course of the law here in the letter of the law. If, if you know, if, if you'll leave voluntarily, you know, I'm not going to go to jail for it, but if you'll leave voluntarily, I want you out tomorrow. Right. Uh, I don't want yeah. you, you know, squatting in this house, taking the plumbing with you, yeah. the sinks with you. These people would do that stuff. Yeah. And, and they have no it, yeah. regard. And, you know, so, uh, you know, one of the, the value systems my stepfather gave me and that I've adopted and, and I'm a very spiritual person. So in my mindset, I don't like to, you know, uh, I, I make deals with God all the time and I, I pray every day and, you know, and, and, and I'm always basically saying, you know, my value system, may I honor it? May I, you know, do everything I possibly can to, you know, to operate ethically and honestly within my value system that I have. And, you know, and when people don't operate ethically and honestly, you know, I, I'll sue them, I'll throw them to the trash. Like I, I have no, you know, there's, I have no time for that type of stuff. There's a lot of bad people out there. Yeah. Yeah. There really is. Yeah. You got to be careful as entrepreneurs. People are always trying to steal your milk. Uh, yeah. And that's an analogy I use in my book about, you know, when I was a you know, kid in, in juvenile hall, they'd come over and they'd steal your milk from you. And, you know, as a grown kid, that milk's important. And then next thing you know, you learn to stand up for yourself. And you don't let people steal your milk anymore. And, and then, you know, you grow up. And that, that, that's the analogy yeah. I use in my book. Wow. Now, so you started your first company when you were 19? Yeah, I, um, I started a company called 24-7 Tech. I was just about to turn 20. I think I may have been, I, I, I may have started it at 19 and incorporated when I was 20 years old. And you weren't in college? I did go to college. Did I went to, to college uh, Moorpark Community College and I transferred to Cal Lutheran University. And this is another interesting story that doesn't get told often is I got to use, uh, you know, one of my thesis or my theories on life or philosophies is that, you know, you take your disadvantages and you turn them into advantages. Because I was yeah. a ward of the court, uh, I was deemed, uh, you know, it's like being a foster kid, uh, meaning that, that my custodial parents were not my parents. They were the government, uh, you know, the, the state of California. Because of that, I was able to use affirmative action uh, to get it to get special financing and special access to schools. Because of that, I was able to go to a prestigious four-year university without great grades. But because I was, you know, uh, uh, I was able to apply it through affirmative action, and I took the uh, the money that I got through the federal grants I was able to receive, and I basically bet it on the stock market and started my company with it. And by the time I was wow. a senior in college at Cal Lutheran. Uh, my company was successful. I was making a you know fair amount of money. I was you know I was I had a company soon to be worth or be doing a million dollars a year in business. So I left school my senior year and, and pursued my entrepreneurial wow. dream. That's cool. And that's another example of what you said about like finding yeah. the diamonds in your own backyard is like you found the the resources yeah. to yeah. to find this you yeah. know, school grants yeah. or whatever they were where other people may have not looked for it. Yeah, but it was or, available. Or, you know, to you. yeah, you know. Uh, because I, I just, you take advantage of everything you possibly can and you leverage everything you possibly can. I bought my first house when I was about 21. And the way wow. I did that was, you know, I, um, I, my stepfather, who was a successful real estate agent, I contacted his mortgage brokers and I said, Hey, at the time it was my mom's boyfriend, not even my stepfather. I said, my, my mother's boyfriend would like you to meet with me. And so they gave me a mortgage that, you know, I got a real estate agent to help me get it. I, I, you know, I, I, I wheeled and dealed with a no money down type thing. I actually got money back on the transaction <laughs> so I could invest in it. Wow. And I'm 21 years old, owning my own house, have not graduated from college and I've started my own business. And I'm like, you know, the, 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 the fraud of our education system, these teachers said, I got to go to school and I got to go to college. So one day I can own a home. Right. And some of the teachers that were pre prescribing this method didn't own their own homes. And I'm like, I own an, my own home. I'm making more money than my teachers right. ever did. <laughs> yeah. I have my own business, you know, 
every, every, all the rules around you are made up by somebody generally no smarter than you or even less smarter than you are. And so once you start observing these rules, you can change Interesting. them. Interesting. What do you think uh, our education system should be teaching? What yeah. are the things that they're not teaching that's actually the keys to us being yeah. financially yeah. secure, yeah. having the emotional stability we want, fe yeah. you know, feeling like we have freedom, relationship? What are the things that yeah. we should be teaching or learning? Well, you know, in college, they don't teach about love and about money uh, uh, and, you know, and happiness. Um, uh, I'm not going to teach anybody about love, uh, although I have a genuine <laughs> love for my son. I'm a single guy. Uh, but that said, I, I could teach you a lot about money and I'm, I'm pretty damn happy. You know, like obviously we all have our days, but you know, I, I, I'm fulfilled in the work that I do. Uh, I get the pleasure of seeing uh, the stuff that I create turn into successes. I've had a few blockbuster successes. You know, my book was the number one bestseller. New York Times, blah, blah, blah. I've had, you know, some products. I've done a billion dollars and over a billion, probably close to two billion now in the product sales for Vaisal's products that I've created. One of which my shake product is, you know, uh, had number one market share in all of the United States. I'm now, um, expanding it across the world. I'm opening up multiple countries, six new countries this year, six a year right now. Uh, I'll do six a year every year for probably the next 10 years or so until I'm uh, covering the globe with my company. So I, you know, I get the fulfillment that I, that I dream of as an entrepreneur. I get to have fun with my son. I took him to Universal Studios the other day, just me and him. We went on the rides. You know, we had the time of our lives. This weekend, I'm taking him to the aquarium. Uh, you know, it's you know, I, I'm I'm happy. Uh, I would like to find love, uh, but you know, until then, maybe there's some audience members out there that can contact me. On what, Facebook. Why do you think? <laughs> yeah, Ryan Blair on Facebook. Yeah, right. Ryan Blair dot <laughs> Now, what is it? Uh, why do you want love? Oh, why not? Uh, and what, no, and why know, haven't you I, found it yet? Uh, what's, what's held you back? It's one of those questions that's no off limit, not <laughs> off limit. Here it goes. Um, you know, uh, I, I guess what's held me back? I, I did have love, but, you know, uh, I have a son with autism, which makes it very complicated. My priority, first and foremost, in my life is my business because then that fuels uh, my family. So my son is able to have the right education that he needs. Uh, he's able to get the right therapy, the right help as a result of me being entrepreneurial successful. I also have a handicapped mother who was in a coma for a year that I, you know, I supported her to the tune of uh, 1300 bucks a day for 727 days in the hospital. Wow. And, and now, you know, she has to have a full-time, uh, live-in nurse, full-time cook. Uh, and you know, so I have some pretty big responsibilities that most people my age do not. Uh, I have uh, thousands of people that work for me. So my first priority in life is my business because that then is able to help me take care of my family. My second priority in my life is my son and my family. And so a woman comes in third the day she shows up and most women aren't. aren't they want to be know, first. They want to be first. They uh, want the attention. Yeah. It's, it, I don't, I, you know, they either want attention and, and, and a woman has a right to be first. Unfortunately, sure. I'm just a person that, you know, that, that, you know, has, uh, uh, you know, has a, a, a long past prior to me of, and, and, you know, a lot of responsibility. I've been an entrepreneur since I was 19, so that's 18 years of, of building a business. And so I have a lot of responsibility that comes before everything else, even before my own personal happiness. You know, if, if there's something going on at, at work, I got to be there, even if I don't want to be there. Being the you know? CEO, and, yeah. And, yeah. It's not yeah. easy. My career not only requires me to travel, but also gives me the freedom to. Traveling has brought me so many positive experiences and memories. Like that time I spent the holidays at an Airbnb in Big Bear with some of my extended family, and it was the perfect way to come together and connect with my family that I don't see that often. If you have a similar setup that allows you to travel often, have you ever thought about your empty home while you're gone? More specifically, how you can make some extra money by keeping your home occupied while you're out of town. I'm a big advocate for setting up a side hustle to 
give you an extra stream of income and Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start. Many people host on Airbnb, including some friends of mine, but there are some people out there who've never even realized their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you've got yourself an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Is there a way to set yourself up to win, to create a win-win so that you're making enough passive income? Yeah. Your, your business is running itself yeah. Yeah, more efficiently without you needing to be there. Yeah, uh, there is. I see people doing having, it all the time. And having the relationship. And do you think you can run a multi-hundred million dollar company, almost billion dollar company, and have love and a marriage and yeah, you know, at the same time? I may, and maybe one day I'll, I'll, I'll grow to a place where I'm able to manage, uh, manage that or create that or I'll want to create that. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little bit fashioned differently though. So I don't have a, like, I don't know, passive income. You know, I was one of the highest paid people in, in last year. I was the fifth highest paid corporate executive in a publicly traded company under 40 years old. Wow. Um, you know, and, and, uh, and that's just, you know, the salary that I made, you know, being a part of a public company, not the, not the bonuses Let, and you know, side yeah, deals and, and all the other stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, so, you know, um, I don't know. I, I, I've never found a, a number of, uh, an amount of money that's enough. I have. <laughs> really? Yeah, I haven't. You know? So, I, and I've made personally, I've made hundreds of millions of dollars and I've never actually found an amount of money that's why, enough. Why is it enough? Because it's so much fun doing it. Right? Why not, do, why not make more? It's like if, if you're, if you're playing basketball right now yeah. and you know, and you could score another hundred points in a game, would you keep, would you keep playing or would you say, no, I'm, I'm happy not being the all time. But if it was scorer. at the expense of not having love, couldn't you have 100 points but and you, have love the same time? Don't you love the game? <laughs> <laughs> but couldn't you also have a win-win? I don't know. I, I you know what? I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not mastered that game. Yet. If there's, if there's <laughs> well, any love go. gurus out there in your podcast, I'm, I'll buy your product. Well, I think right it's now. a lot of. I think it's a lot of probably like desire that you want it as well. It sounds like you want it, but maybe if you wanted it bad enough, you would go and yeah. create it probably, right? Yeah. Or, you know. Um, maybe you haven't found I, the one I, who's like inspired you enough. It, it could be. It could be that. It could be a lot of things. Could uh, you know? I I believe I've probably found. I, I've met a lot of girls. I've done a lot of dating. You know, that's that's definitely uh, the issue. Isn't the quality or the amount of people that I've been exposed to? Right. The issue is me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And wanting it bad enough. Yeah. And the and, sacrifice and, to give yeah, up the time or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah. Or just just not being uh, cooperative. Or, <laughs> or, or 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 what's I'm I'm uh, I'm uh, uh, you know, uncompromising. And I, right. I think that relationships have to have a little some bit compromising of compromising in them. A little, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you don't want to. No. You've got the company. Anyway. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, let's next topic. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, um, you know, let's talk about, uh, this business that you sold. Yeah. You sold it for, you're going to take it public. Yeah. So in 2012, so I'd sold the company in 2008 to a group called Blythe, which is an NYC publicly traded company, about $150 million market cap, uh, company ran by Bob Gergen or was ran by Bob Gergen. Uh, he recently retired. Bob is one of the best entrepreneurs in the world. He, he endowed the school of Wharton, the school of entrepreneurship. There's called the Gergen school. Uh, Bob's given away hundreds of millions of dollars to charity. He's, he's, he's a great, uh, mentor of mine, great human being. He bought my company in 2008. Um, it was about to go bankrupt as a result of the recession. We we're down to 600,000 in sales, 600,000 in the bank and 7 million in debt. So it was almost to the point, shut it down. We then launched the body by buy 90 day challenge, saw some traction there. Uh, and the company blew up and it went from 2009. We did six, we did 9 million in sales in 2009, something like that. If I recall 2010, we did. I think it was 36 million, 2011, 231 million, 2012, 600 
uh, 24 million, and then we sold it for 792.4 million in 2012. So mm. how you like them apples? Pretty sweet. Yeah, like <laughs> and, four years went yeah. from nine to nine to 600. Oh no! Well, 2000 at the end of 2000, the beginning of 2010 in January, my prior year sales were nine million bucks. At the beginning of 2013, my prior year sales were uh, 624 million. So. So, you know, you're, you're, you're going from 9 million to 624 million, about wow. 36. Now, I mean, for an entrepreneur to think about that, the growth is so big yeah. over a few years. Yeah. And most of the people listening are making around six and seven figures in their business. Yeah. Kind of like the solo entrepreneurs, they've yeah. got a small team. Yeah. Some of them have bigger, but um, most of them are kind of in that space. Yeah. What is that you did to grow it so quickly? And what is like the key to building it from a few million to yeah. 50 million yeah. over a couple of years? Like how... Yeah. How do you even do that? How do you even think about that and, yeah. and scale that? Yeah, it, it's not easy. Uh, one of my friends, that uh, founder of Zappos, Tony Shea, uh, uh, he, you know, he said, growth covers a lot of mud. Um, and you know, as an entrepreneur, your dream is to, to hit a tipping point, to have something go viral, to, you know, to, um, you know, to make a billion dollars, right? You know, I opened up a bank account. The other day I was reflecting uh, at Wells Fargo. And I remember when I couldn't even, you know, I, I had less than $1,000 in the bank account. And, and since then, you know, two billion dollars has traveled through that bank account. Wow! I haven't been able to keep it all. I paid a lot of people. Right. I bought a lot of shit. You know, all that stuff. But two billion dollars has traveled through that bank account, and you know, and the balances have been to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars. Amazing. Um, and, you know, and so that that's a neat thing, but it, it's not easy. How uh, do you get there? Yeah, from a thousand to yeah. So I'll, I'll give you I'll give you some. Like what are the some, components at least? Yeah, I'll break yeah. it down. One, we we basically retrofitted during the recession to a new consumer. So Vaisal's shifted to meal replacements. So we're we we're basically teaching people and selling people to uh, as opposed to pay five dollars for a meal, uh, you know, buy a Vaisal's a meal replacement, a shake for dollar fifty, and the consumer was very much open to saving money at the time. Then secondly, we had an opportunity uh, connected to our business. We still do to promote the challenge. And so you could make anywhere from a couple hundred bucks a month to a couple thousand. And then there were some people that learned how to make hundreds of thousands a month. So at the, at promoting, the very the promoting, promoting the yeah. challenge. And, and there's still people making hundreds of thousands a month promoting it all around the world. Um, and so, but the, the consuming public and, you know, with job instability, with the recession, with people seeking additional income. So I, I hit a couple veins mm. at once. Um, and you know, and lightning struck, and the stars aligned, and and you know, and I got a lot of success wow. from that. Crazy. Yeah. Now, how did you handle it emotionally as it's growing so quickly? When yeah. you know, not ever having that type of growth and that much money come through, how did you? Yeah. Uh, so I, I do. I you know, I, I'm a, a consummate student. Uh, I read all the time. I'm I'm um you know, I'm an audible freak, so I'm on audible day in day out. Really? I listen to podcasts like yours. Surrounding myself with great people, you know, Tony Shea, John Maxwell's a personal mentor of mine. Mm. You know, I'm I'm constantly interviewing other CEOs. I, I'm trying to learn. You know, I'm still trying to learn how to become more successful, or or you know, to to understand how to build a great company. And I guess the thing that keeps me humble is. You know, you look at a guy like Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, he's done something. I ain't done shit compared <laughs> to Mark Zuckerberg. He's right? next level, <laughs> right? You know, like you know, I've, I've, you know, I've generated two billion in sales. He does that a month, right? Yeah. So, you know, or the Google founders, or you know, Bill Gates. And when, when I've, I've got to meet a few of these guys, and when you're in their presence, you realize, you know, you have a lot to accomplish still. And so, I think the you got to keep yourself humble, and you got to look at other external standards, and then you know, say to yourself, you ain't shit. You haven't done anything yet, right? You might be all proud of yourself because you made a million bucks big deal. I could right. find 20 guys that made a million dollars that are half as smart as you are. 
right? right. You know, right. And, and they're probably happier in some cases. So, right. you know, so I think you just got to constantly look yourself in the mirror, be self-aware and keep yourself humble to the fact that you mm. haven't done anything. Although you might be proud of what you've done, you know, you've only reached 5% of your capacity at best. Sure. Yeah. Right. Have you seen the movie Lucy yet? I have. It's an amazing movie, man. Right. So like so that, interesting. yeah, you know, I want to, I want to get to like 90% capacity, yeah, right? right? I'm I, not of my brain capacity because that's probably uh, physically impossible, but I'm not at 90% capacity of my entrepreneurial capacity yeah. of my writing capacity. So knowing that, you know, you're constantly seeking to sharpen your skills and add to your capacity. Wow, interesting. Now, a couple of things I want to talk about. Yeah. One is uh, mentors, but before we get into that, I want to know what is your do you have daily rituals or yeah. do you have any like yeah. things that you do at least every day or do you meditate? Yeah. 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 So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll tell you what I did before I had a ton of money because <laughs> like, if I tell you what my rituals are now, you're going to go, Different. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I wake up every day to a chef and yeah, massage right. and yeah. you know, steam and, room. Yeah. I have Hot tub, steam room, Sandy beach yeah, on your backyard, Sandy beach in my backyard, <laughs> inspirational views. I live next to Runyon. <laughs> you know, when I'm feeling bad, I jump in the Ferrari. When I'm feeling good, I jump in the 64 Lincoln. <laughs> you know, if I'm really bad, I'll go shop. No, I'm kidding. That's not the, that is a life I live. But what I did to, to obtain all that stuff, and I'm not as materialistic as I just came off on the, on the, the podcast here, but, but I, what I did to obtain all that stuff is real simple. I wake up really early, right? So I'm always up early because I feel like if I can get two, three hours of me time in reading, working out, no one else, I'm not allowing the world to interrupt me. Then I will walk to the, I'll come into the world when everyone else is waking up at 8 a.m. Ready or 9. I'm five steps ahead of everybody. On fire. Like, I've already thought of everything. Like yeah. while you were, you know, complaining about your coffee or you're in line for your coffee or you're posting something silly on Instagram about how much you need coffee to be a nice person. I've already, you know, I've already done that. Like I'm, I'm way ahead of <laughs> two hours ago. Yeah. You did that four hours and ago. You're in the sometime. zone. Yeah. 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 So, and it takes me, my ritual is I have to be up three hours before my first appointment, meaning I, you know, and if I'm given a speech, it, no matter what, even if I went out till 6 a.m. the night before and I got a speech at 12, I have to be up two hours before, even if I have one hour of sleep before I do anything, because it just takes that me personally, there's a certain amount of time that I have to get to prepare. Yeah. To get prepared, uh, mentally, regardless of, of my sleep deprivation, which, you know, happens often, especially internationally speaking and traveling. Um, so three hours ahead of time, no matter what, uh, is, you know, my sweet spot is four. But no matter what, I'm three and then, you know, two hours during that two hour period of time, I'm reading, uh, I'm catching up on, on, um, you know, current events. Uh, I'm diving into a book that I've been, you know, I've been studying or, or I ever want to finish, you know, that feeling of accomplishment when you finish a book and then I'm getting a workout in, um, from there, I'll start talking to my East coast offices or my European offices. And then from there, I'll start talking to my Los Angeles office and then I'll, you know, I'll, I'll move into my Los Angeles office and I, I move we call them moves, right? Which is, you know, point A to point B. So I'll, I'll make my move into my LA office at about 10 a.m. or 10 a.m. in the morning. And then, uh, I'm there till, uh, you know, somewhere five or six and I come back home, you know, have dinner with my son, spend time with him. And then I'm back at it, you know, talking to Asia or, sure, sure. or, uh, uh, you know, uh, in the evening. And when you do a up. meditative practice too? Yeah. You know, I pray, which is a form of meditation for me. Sure. So it's the exact same thing. Um, but I, I pray every single day, a number of times a day. And what I like to do is, for me, I'm able to shut down all the external noise uh, in an environment where I'm uh, generally sweating. So it's either uh, swimming uh, in my sauna, in my steam room, or in an exhilarating kind of run hike type thing where, you know, where all I can do is have my earphones in, 
I, you know, I pick my playlist or my audiobook or whatever it is, and I zone out for a couple hours, and 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 that helps. It's a healing thing. Wow, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's a yeah. Like those are the most important rituals for me. And then you know, a lot of people don't make time for health, and to mm. me, you know, that's the foundation of of who you are. You know, all of your vitality and energy comes from your source of you know your health. Yeah, so I'm always trying to 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 focus on that. Although you know, I like to have fun. I beat myself up a fair amount. You know, I go out and have fun. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, I live life to its fullest. Uh, but I'll, what I'll do is I'll get on like my, uh, exercise bike. If I can't go to say running or something, I'll throw on Bloomberg and I'll catch up or I'll be reading a book on the exercise bike. So, or I'll be emailing people. So, you know, I'm getting, I'm doing base, I'm working while I'm working out. So yeah, yeah. a lot of times people don't make time to work out, but they don't realize you can do both work and work out at yeah, the same that's time. That's cool. Now you said, uh, Prayer is a healing process for you. Yeah. What are the things you're you're still working on healing or, yeah. on a daily basis? Um, or? You know, my 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 my. That's a great question. My prayer is, you know, I've been blessed to have uh, a lot of responsibility in my life, and I just pray that I'm able to uh, get better, get stronger, make the right decisions, make them for the right reasons, uh, and not do it for my own ego and my own glory, but you know, rather to give back and to add value to people, and you know, and, and not just to simply take value to add value, right? So a lot of people, you know, they become successful and then they think the whole world revolves around them. Uh, for me, it's kind of upside down where my whole world revolves around other people and that's the reason for my success. Mm, I like that. Yeah. If you could, I, I like how you said you read a lot of books. Yeah. If you, uh, you know, you're on your deathbed yeah. and you could only leave three books behind to your, yeah, your kids or your family, what would those three books be? Well, one would be mine. So you know, obviously my kids and my family know who I am. You know, uh, you know, I guess what would the three books be? I'd probably leave mine and a couple of biogra- two other biographies of great people, uh, people that have transformed our society. I would, I would leave one of Winston Churchill because although a very flawed man, he's probably the only single individual we can credit with uh, our way of life in our society today. And that had he not uh, stood up to Germany and had he not engaged the United States in the war, we would probably uh, have a very terrible society overrun by uh, Nazism. So I would probably leave his book behind. And then I'd probably leave a book about perhaps from say Abraham Lincoln or something like that. You know, the 16th president of the United States who, you know, fought up for the rights of others and, and, you know, changed the world as we know it. So Mm. I would leave those behind. Um, and then from those books, you'd learn about the man's spirituality, mine, of course, and then you could dive deeper, but I wouldn't leave the Bible per se because it requires interpretation. Although I'm a Christian, uh, I wouldn't leave, uh, you know, some deep philosophical stuff because it, you know, requires somebody <laughs> to teach you. I'd, I'd yeah. leave biographies. Interesting. I like yeah. that. Some more story-based lessons from about human beings, you yeah. know, and if, if you can, if you can learn something from another man, that's great. Even if you can learn not to adopt their flaws, uh, then, or a woman that's great for that matter, then you can become a success mm. too. Now, who are your, uh, you know, we talk about mentors in the book and when you've mentioned a bunch of mentors you have right now, I, just had an episode on mentors. I'm a huge believer that everyone needs to have mentors yeah. and continue to develop new mentors yeah. uh, and cultivate those relationships constantly and yeah. add value to those mentors. Yeah. Why has having mentors yeah. been a powerful uh, reason for your it, success? Yeah. Um, I saw I, the other day I sat down and I wrote down uh, everyone who's influenced me in my life. Wow. Um, they must have taken a long yeah. time, right? Yeah. Uh, let me, I'll restate that. I wrote down the most influential people in my life. Um, and I, there's about 10 to 15 people where I either had an encounter with them that I was taken back by. Like, I was like, wow, you know, this is the founder of Microsoft and he's in my house right now. <laughs> this guy's worth, you know, you know, $50 billion. Wow. And for some reason I'm on this, I've come to a place where 
you know, I'm shaking the hands of a person that's up there with the pharaohs in terms of their success, right? You know, in term, when they, you know, one day when they look at our society, they will say, those are the pharaohs of our times, wow. right? Um, and, you know, so I've had the privilege through networking uh, and through constantly adding value and then also focusing on just being great at what I do, you know? So I don't, I, I don't measure myself to, you know, if, when I've met certain people that are very successful, you know, I'm not competing with them. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in awe of them. I'm in admiration and, and I respect and admire them and good people that are self-confident and that have done good, you know, solid work, you know, they're in awe of other people as well. So like, they're like, wow, I couldn't imagine, you know, making a, a shake that sold a billion dollars. And I'm like, right. I couldn't imagine creating a piece of software that sold a trillion dollars, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I, you know, so I, I think that, um, so I think it's my approach that number one has yielded me these great mentors. And then number two, it's, it's I, what I expect of them is just simply give me some knowledge and it might be one minute, might be one hour. And if I'm, if I'm blessed, like for example, I get to go uh, with coach Dale Brown to his NCAA hall of fame induction uh, in Kansas city next Sunday. And Shaquille O'Neal is also being inducted into the NCAA Hall of Fame and Coach Brown's mentor or uh, mentee was Shaquille. And so I'm going to be in this moment with these guys wow. that I met as a result of the value that I, I was creating value. I met these people and I'm going to get to experience one of their most you know profound moments of life. And, and the reason why I'm able to do that is not because I'm anything special. It's because I've simply ran a process and I've created a method of adding values of networking, of keeping in touch, although I'm not a consummate, you know, you won't get texts and emails from me. You probably don't get replies from me. That's not my style, <laughs> yeah. right? But that doesn't mean that I've, I i don't love you and don't think about you. It just means that I'm busy. You're focused right? you on your stuff. Focus yeah. on other stuff. So when I text you and you don't get yeah. back to me, I won't get yeah. upset. No, I, mean, <laughs> I won't take it, I won't take it personally. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a hundred, uh, there's a hundred ways to get a hold of me other than text messages. Right, right. Uh, the other thing is I don't, I don't, like, if, if everybody's like, if, you know, if the rule of thumb is you're supposed to reply to text messages when you receive them, you know, I say, screw that. That's not my rule. Like, yeah. you know, I don't, I, I don't, I don't agree to that rule. Yeah. I agree to the rule that, you know, that if I text you and you don't reply to me, I'm not going to be mad. I'm going to call you. That's my rule. Right. And if I don't call you, that means I don't care enough about you to actually call, but Take I'm not going to, yeah. yeah, that's, you know, so I write my own rules. I don't, I don't prescribe to others. And if I do agree to adapt your rule or join your rule, then I'll agree to adapt it and join right. it. And I reserve the right to change my mind on the subject. <laughs> yeah. <Right? laughs> I mean, I like you, that. you know, a lot of times like people will be like, well, you said you're going to do this. Well, I reserve the right to change my mind. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You know, that's just it. I don't break my word or, 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 you know, one of the chapters in my book is called honor your deals. You know, I honor my deals, but you know, that, that I, you can't that, change that, them. That doesn't mean I can't change the deal and tell you why I changed it because, right. you know, frankly, you know, I changed my mind. Yeah. Obviously in business, you have to honor your contracts. I've been in a lot of lawsuits. The other day I woke up to a lawsuit for 240 million bucks. And I laughed because I was like, man, I never thought I'd be so successful that people would try to sue me for 240 million bucks. Oh my gosh. Right? You know, I mean, that's, that's, Crazy. A, that's a cool thing. <laughs> right? I'm I not, guess. I'm not going to lose. I'm going to have to spend millions of dollars suing them back and all that other stuff. But that, that said, the cost uh, of doing that's, business, that's I guess, part right? of life, man. The more successful you are, the more they try to take wow, it from you. Wow, interesting. Now, what's the best way to, you know, for people listening, what's the best way to find a mentor that they're really inspired by, make yeah. sure that they can get in touch with them. What's the best way to get in touch with add them? Add value, then, add value. Yeah. So one of the things that, that I learned early on is that the more successful you are, the more you're probably inspired by or connected to a cause. So if you wanted to get to me, find a cause I'm passionate about and connect to me at if that a charity, level. then like, Hey, I yeah. want to support this. Yeah. Or I'll donate fundraiser. my time or, you know, or I love your charity it inspires me. Here's an article that I read or send me a book. And I'm not asking for people to send me gifts, but you know, I had this kid that wanted my time he had a painting commission, had it sent to me, and it represented both Detroit, right, an office in LA where I was, you know, raised, and I also have an office. And, and I saw this painting, I'm like, all right, 
this kid's trying to stand out from the crowd. I've got to take his, his meeting. So I told him, Hey, I'll be in Detroit. Uh, he, he told me actually, he found out I was in Detroit, followed me on Instagram, then sent me a message. Hey, uh, you know, I'm close by. So I said, yeah, I'll take a meeting with you for 15 minutes. He drove 20 hours. I didn't know it, but he drove 20 hours for a 15 minute meeting. Wow. Right. And you know, so I gave him more than 15 you minutes. You gave him an hour yeah. or two or whatever. Yeah, I, yeah. I gave him like 45 minutes Yeah, yeah. because I didn't have time that day, but I was like, you know what? This kid will always be in my life. If he calls me and he needs help. Why? Because he stood up, you know, he stood above the crowd and, and, and that's all you have to do. It's really easy to gain access to a mentor. If you're willing to do things that other people aren't willing to do to add so value. So true. I mean, we get emails I get emails a lot yeah. from people like, Hey, I'd love to just take you out to yeah. coffee or have a meeting or whatever, yeah. but it's like, do something different. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. we get, to, you get yeah. tons of those. I'm yeah. assuming yeah. constantly I'm, your I, reps. Yeah. Seven days a week. I have people, you know, I, I, you know, I, I'm privileged enough and it's a blessing that people actually stop me now because of, you know, the success of my book and its exposure or because of some of the other, you know, activities I've done with regard right. to Vaisalis or the media stuff, you know, asking me to coffee unless you know, unless there's a real compelling reason. And just wanting 10 minutes. It's like, yeah, it's just, more than 10 minutes yeah. to get there, to show up. It's like, yeah. And, but you know, I'm, um, I'm more of a introverted person. So spending time with other people is me giving energy. I don't receive it as much by being around other people. Mm. I receive it internally. So to me, it's a real drain on my energy to spend time with people. Yeah. So that's probably the reason why, you know, I don't engage with a lot of people and I don't uh, take people up on their opportunities to go to coffee or spend time together. Um, but you know, but I will, if, if they figure out a way to replenish my energy by giving me value, sure. uh, or by helping a cause or, you know, writing a review for my book is one way that people have, uh, engaged me in that, you know, that helps me when somebody gives an authentic review of my yeah. book, you know, that means that they actually took the time to read my book, that they actually cared enough to write about it yeah. and, and they did a service for me. So, you know, I'll reply to those emails. I'll, sure. I'll engage with the people on that. Yeah, subject. that's cool. Yeah. If, they, if someone sent you an email today and was like, Hey, I just left your review. Here's the link to yeah. it. Also, uh, I bought this product of yours yeah. and I, you know, I donated to your charity. Yeah. I just want to say, I love what you're doing. Yeah. I want 10 minutes of your time yeah. done. You yeah, know, yeah. like I'm not going to say no to that unless you're creepy. Yeah. And weird to stalk her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, I have a lot of those man. <laughs> on, uh, I get, I get people that write me. There's people that, there's people that write every single day, 25, 30 times a day. And there's, wow. yeah, and it's, it's an interesting thing out there. You have to be careful. You know, y'all, you always dream about having being in a position where you have a lot of followers and then, you know, sometimes you realize that, that there is some complications. And that's that. why you built a fence you set around your <laughs> yeah, house, right? I, yeah. I had to build a security fence. I have to have, I have to have, you know, cameras everywhere. I have to have full-time security people that monitor, you know, uh, activity and stuff like wow. that. I don't know if you saw this when we were at running, there was a guy that, that swooped by just to make sure that, you know, there wasn't anything weird happening. I don't know the guy? Yeah, the guy on the motorcycle. Shut up, really? Yeah, yeah just to make sure, you know, just, just no to, way. Yeah, keep eyes on because it. Because it happens like uh, running yeah. even? Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, it's pre I, I'm pretty public about my life. Because you're up there, so people on. might wait for you or yeah. whatever. Yeah, wow. they, they know I might be coming through. Wow. Yeah, you didn't. I yeah. mean, I reckon, I knew that, I, I thought it was like a friend of yours yeah. or something. Yeah, well, they're supposed to be you invisible. just checking it out, scoping to yeah. make sure no one's stalking. Yeah, just to make sure. Well, because there's a few people that, we, you know, we have to have profiles on that sure. actually, you know, if they, they show they, up and you got to watch out for yeah, them. Yeah. They're just obsessed. They're just really wow. obsessed and you have to make sure. And it's not, gosh, I, I hate even saying it. I feel like I'm, I'm, uh, uh, you know, being pretentious here, right. but, but you know, you just have to be careful. Yeah. I have a son, I have, uh, you know, I have a lot of responsibility and I got to make sure that I protect their interests. So 
what's the vision now? I mean, you've done so much. You just bought your company back. You yeah. sold it for seven hundred something million. Bought it back for hundred. Bought it back for one hundred forty-three million. million. Why did you buy it back? Yeah. And then what's the vision <laughs> for the next five, ten years for you? Yeah, my vision now is if I don't, if I, I just, I just spent pretty much all my money buying my company back. So <laughs> this lifestyle you see, the view, the cars, all that stuff is going to be for sale if I don't, uh, <laughs> if I don't start building it. Um, you know, I bought it back because I felt like I could affect. You know, this is my baby. Um, I'm working on acquisitions. I've got, you know, I'm looking at an energy drink company I'm about to buy. Hopefully I'll close a deal in the next couple of days. I like acquiring companies. I have a $20 million venture fund that I've made some uh, pretty astute investments in. I got an investment in a company called Elite Daily, which is blowing up yeah, 60 million yeah. uniques. Yeah. Uh, uh, millennial Focus. I got an uh, investment in a company called Fragmob uh, that's blowing up. I got an investment in my time blowing up. Um, you know, which is, you know, so I like investing. I like being around entrepreneurs. Sure. You know, I, I see myself as a pseudo angel that can add value to entrepreneurs, giving them operational experience. You know, I know how to scale a business. Yeah. I know how to raise money. I know how to take a company public. I know how to sell a company to a public company. You know, I know all that stuff. Um, so, you know, I'm 37 years old. I figure over the next 20 years, I'll just do what I've been doing more efficiently and with a lot more resources and a lot more mm, scale. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. What is uh what's your perfect day look like? Uh, you know, a perfect day. I wake up, I work out, I read, I swim in my saltwater pool, I take a hike at Runyon, I go in my sauna, I hit my office, I meet inspiring people. You know, I, I get some inspiration from those inspiring people. I work on some projects. One of my philosophies on projects is I'm highly engaged for the first 10% and the last 10% of the project. Uh, and I've got a great staff that does the other 80%. That's smart. I right? like that idea. So I'm all in on the first 10% to make sure the project is set up correctly. And then I'm I'm there during the last 80%, but I'm only making 3% of the decisions during the 80 percentile, yeah. meaning bring it to me if there's, you know, a change in strategy or there's a, you know, a big uh, fundamental change in, in, in what we believe about the product. And then the last 10% I'm there literally testing an NQA and, you know, and, and, and utilizing the product, whether it be a piece of software or, you know, like the cereal product that we created for Vicelis Crunch, you know, I'm, I'm actually taste testing every uh, uh, version and every variant, you know, maybe not every, but probably two, 300 taste tests that I, wow. that I expose myself to. Wow. Yeah. Yesterday I'm tasting products that are made of, you know, a new sweetener called Stevia and then another sweetener called monk fruit. Uh, and I'm literally going through and taste testing these products. Make sure it meets your standards uh, and you yeah, like it. Yeah. I build products for myself. Um, and, yeah. and I know there's a hell of a lot of people out there like me that, you know, want stuff that tastes good. We want to be as healthy as we possibly can, but we're not going to compromise. Like I like pepperoni pizza with ranch dressing. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll take that. Love pepperoni I'll, pizza, man. Yeah, I'll take down a pepperoni pizza with ranch dressing <laughs> and I'll just work it off the next day and supplement to, yeah. you know, to provide better nutrition. <laughs> now I noticed you didn't have a woman in there. Your perfect day. And what, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I, I do, you know, I would say my mother. <laughs> okay. Interesting. We'll leave that away. Yeah, that, That'll be another I, conversation. I would say my mother would be a part of that perfect day. Okay. Interesting. Uh, uh, no, um, uh, there, there are women in my perfect day in that, uh, I have an amazing support structure, uh, both in, in my office and my rep base, uh, you know, my promoters and then mm -hmm. my fan base. So I probably yeah. have more. Uh, I, I'm probably, you know, the truth is I, I have more people that help me build my business that are female than I do that are men, uh, you know, that I lean on, that I connect with on a daily basis. I'm working with my assistant, Asina, who's amazing. I'm working with my chief administrator, uh, straight up off, officer Tyler, who's one of the best in the world. And, you know, my, my promoter force out there, uh, a lot of them are women because women make a lot of the health decisions in the household. You know, most women are the actual ones that are buying, buying the supplements. The food, the they're supplements. buying the food. You know, that's that's their decision. So, 
Um, in fact, my fan page, you know, several hundred thousand fans, but then, you know, millions of reach skews, uh, like something like 80% females. Wow. So, that's interesting. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm covered in that department to a degree. Yeah. You get your energy from there. Yeah. I do. Yeah, I, I do. Got you. I can... Yeah, my perfect day would not be just hanging around a bunch of dudes and playing, you know, watching football <laughs> and playing poker. Or something. Yeah, <laughs> not, not at all. I don't, I, I don't gamble at all. I'm, I'm, I'm a terrible gambler. I gamble in my entrepreneurial. That's my right, right, endeavors. right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to wrap it up here in a second. So there's a couple questions left, and but I want to recommend everyone make sure you go get this book. If you're in an airport, you there's, you'll see it somewhere. Nothing to lose, everything to gain. How we went from gang member to multimillionaire entrepreneur with Ryan Blair and Don Yeager. Updated with new chapter, awesome book. Thank um, you. Two final questions. One is, what are you most grateful for recently? Yeah, what am I most grateful for recently? You know, my my son has autism, and he's uh, he's made a lot of, of of strides. We're able to really engage at a high level. He's loving. Uh, you know, he'll tell me he's like, Dad, I love you. And just to be able to hear that, especially with a kid who has autism and, you know, he doesn't have a very strong vocabulary and he doesn't very artic articulate very well. Autism is a, is a, a disease that affects communication um, and expression. And so the fact that I have him at six, five and a half years old, he'll tell you five and three quarters to that point is what I'm most grateful for. Mm, yeah, I like that. Really? I like that. That's yeah, cool. Thank you. I, I don't, you know, I don't have kids, so I still don't know what that experience it's, is like. But every time I talk to yeah, parents, yeah, you, you, everybody always told me it'll change you forever, and it has. He's my anchor windward. So, you wow. know, I, I I made a lot of progress with them, and I guess that the tip I can give to people that are facing, you know. Uh, tragedy in their lives or difficulty with kids with special needs or whatever it is, is you have to attack it like you would any problem mm. and you have to triage it and you have to find the best solutions and you have to really focus on the problem. And, and I wrote an article on, on, I have a blog on Forbes and I wrote an article about compartmentalization, which is, you know, every day I have to compartmentalize my life, uh, you know, in, in order for me to focus on the biggest problems at hand. And so I can't let my work problem take away from my focus on my son, but I can't let my focus on my son destroy my work. Yeah. So I have to have equal compartments or maybe not equal, but I have to have time slots and compartments of focus on each of those particular problems. Mm, I like that. Uh, I've got one question left for you. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be the, this is going to be the one that I've been worried about. He, <laughs> he saved up the whole, we built, he, re, he built rapport for exactly. one hour to ask this question. <laughs> now this question is what I ask everyone at the end, but okay. before I do, I want to, I want to acknowledge you first. Thank you. It's it's been a lot of fun connecting yeah. so far yeah. and I've been following you for a while. I want to acknowledge you for Thank you. the incredible gift you are to the world because I know you have a big heart. Thank you. After connecting with you yeah. and doing this hike and, yeah. and being here, I know how valuable the people that work for you are yeah. and I know how much you actually care. Yeah. Thank you. And it's, uh, it's awesome to see and connect and, and see how, you know, you actually really show up in the world. You yeah. show up powerfully, you show up with energy, you show you. up with intention to add value to others, yeah. and uh, you're making a huge difference. I, I appreciate that. You know, it's good to hear. I don't. It, it's a weird feeling when you get compliments and accolades and people like yourself. There, you know, you're, you're you're one of the best in the world at what you do. So I really appreciate hearing that. And you know, one of the other things, just you added value to me today. I, I got a you know person to go on. I can. I asked a lot of questions about you. I asked about how you built such a successful uh, podcast. About you know your prior success as an entrepreneur. If anything, I probably extracted more value out of you than you did on on me on the hike today. Well, I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. Final question yeah. uh, is what I'm actually going to videotape this because I'm going to put it on Instagram All or, right, some, cool. or, or something. Yeah, I'll, throw, I'll throw it on Facebook. No, yeah, whatever you want. Um, so the final question is, what's your definition of greatness? What's my definition of greatness? Um, to know that you put, you know, you put it all on the line and you've done your very best and to know that you held nothing back and, and to know that you either failed and gave it your best try 
or you've succeeded and you've won and it was the hardest thing you've ever done. Uh, so I think, you know, overcoming great, great challenges is probably my definition of greatness. And the more you set yourself up to do that, the more, you know, exhilarating it is when you actually do win or you do lose, you know, you, you know, you tried your best. That's, that's my definition of greatness. I'm Ryan Blair and I endorse this message. <laughs> Love it. Go to uh, nothingtolose.com. Also Ryan Blair everywhere online. Uh, we'll have everything linked up in the show awesome. notes. Awesome. Uh, and uh, Ryan, you are a champion, man. I appreciate awesome, you so much. Awesome, brother. I appreciate it. It's good, good to spend time with you and I, I appreciate it. I've, I've learned a lot from this experience. Thank you. Thanks. And there you have it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Ryan. Had a, again, had a fun time with Ryan connecting today, interviewing him, and uh, diving into his interesting mind about how he overcomes challenges, how he grows his business, and uh, what's up for the future. So I'm very excited. I hope to bring him back on another time because I had a lot of fun with him. If you guys enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends over on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And make sure to connect with Ryan everywhere online. He's got a great Facebook fan page. He's over on Instagram as well. All of the show notes are back at lewishouse.com slash 107. You can get all of his information. Make sure to check out his book, Nothing to Lose, Everything to Gain. It's a great read. Lots of tips and useful information in there. And I appreciate you guys so much for being on here each and every week. Make sure to check out some previous episodes. If you are new to the show, go ahead and subscribe over at iTunes.com slash School of Greatness. Let me know what you think by leaving a review. And we've got lots of great interviews to come. So make sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date. Each week, we bring you an interesting guest. You're going to love it. You guys know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. At Metro, get an iPhone 12 with 5G and a dual camera system for $99.99. Take amazing pictures and share them instantly. And don't put up with life's yada yada. Yada yada. Like photo bombers. Zoom, crop out. Yada yada. And bye. You don't take yada yada in life. Don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Get iPhone 12 with 5G with no activation fees and nada yada yada. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Switch to Metro, bring your ID. This offer isn't available for customers currently at T-Mobile or that have been with Metro in the past 180 days.